You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Galatians in chapter 5, verses 1, and then verses 13 through 14. Paul writes to the church, For freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become servants to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So I don't know if you've noticed this about me or not, um, but I have a tendency to use a lot of words. I guess I can scratch out the pause for laughter because y'all just did it. This means a lot of different things, but for me as a student back in the day, this meant that multiple choice tests made me a little bit panicky because there were only more often than not four choices. And I would want to explain why that choice was right, or I would want to explain why another word might even be more correct, but you couldn't because you could either put A, B, C, or D. Whew. True-false tests were even worse, because then there's only two, and you can't explain why you picked what you picked. And so imagine my joy when I was a college freshman. I was getting ready for my first midterm exam in Western Civilizations with Art Marmosine at Northern State University, and the class session before the test, he said to all of us, don't forget your blue book for the exam next time. And I had to ask the TA with whom I became pretty good friends because I had no idea what a blue book was. The only blue book I had ever heard of up until that point, because, you know, college freshmen, was the Kelly blue book for auto prices. And that did not seem like the right answer of what I needed to bring to a Western Civilizations exam the next day. Turns out what a blue book is for an exam is nothing more then eight sheets front and back of lined paper in a blue cover. I fell in love with a blue book that day. It was the greatest thing ever. There was no word bank. There were no four choices. It was just lined paper. Because what Dr. Marmerstein's exams were, were three of six or seven possible essays. Yes, the exam was a full essay test, and I could not have been more excited. And then to make it even better, after my freshman year of college, I changed to a theology program, and then I went and got to seminary, we did an MDiv, and with very few exceptions, all of our exams were essay exams. I have found my people. I knew what I was going to do every single time. For my nerdy little heart, that was what it meant to be set free. Paul says to the church in Galatia, 
you have been set free. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm and do not submit to a yoke of slavery once again. And now Paul wasn't talking about just a blue book. Paul was talking about a freedom that was even bigger than what my nerdy little heart needed my freshman year of college. As we continue through this Easter season, we are going to explore the resurrection in terms of what it means to be set free. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are set free. Jesus has done this. And thanks be to God. But so often when we talk about the resurrection, we talk about what it means for our salvation, which is a good and a right and a proper um, and an important conversation to have. We are saved by grace through faith. Our salvation is made secure by us putting our full trust in the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But as I've heard it put before, salvation is more than just fire insurance for the end of our lives. Salvation is more than just fire insurance for the end of our lives. Salvation is an active reality that means something to us every single day. The salvation and the resurrection are so much bigger because they mean something to us every day. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are set free. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are set free. Amen? Amen. Thank you. We are no longer in the face of constraints. We are no longer forced into four possible options. We are not forced into a word bank at the top of every page. The resurrection gives us the opportunity to write our own essay, to write our own story, which is written in a loving response to the freedom that Jesus Christ, the risen one, has given to you and to me. The Apostle Paul knew this in his life. The Apostle Paul lived this in his life, and the Apostle Paul taught this. Because of all that had happened on the road to Damascus and all that had happened since, Paul knew what it was like to be set free from so much. And all he wanted was for everyone to know. This is what guided his entire life. This is the reason why Paul traveled. This is the reason why Paul wrote. This is the reason why Paul lived. He lived to tell the good news. This is why he wrote his letter to the Galatians. This is why he was able to write a letter to the Galatians. During his first missionary journey, Paul went to Galatia, and he taught those young Christians about the nature of freedom in Christ. No longer did this band of former pagans have to do all that their astrological religions required them to do. They were set free in Jesus. They were free to walk in Jesus' way. 
But by the time that Paul writes his letter to the Galatians, almost a year later, Paul is upset with what's happening in Galatia. Because Paul traveled to Galatia, spent some time there, nourished the Christians there, and encouraged them to cast aside everything that would separate them from the full freedom and love of Jesus Christ. And that's all well and good, but after Paul left, something else happened. A band of Jewish Christians came They're called the Judaizers, and they would plague Paul's ministry throughout his entire life, and they threatened Paul's teaching, and they tore down Paul's authority, and they told these young Christians, these believers that didn't have real strong roots, that being saved by grace alone was not sufficient. They couldn't be real Christians on that alone. They couldn't be real Christians if they just believed in Jesus. They also had to do something, too. For them to be real Christians, they would have to be incorporating part of their Jewish life back into their faith, namely circumcision and some laws around food. And when Paul heard about that, he reacted strongly, and he boldly proclaimed our scripture for this morning, for freedom Christ has set you free. Do not submit to a yoke of slavery again. You don't need to do this. Our relationship to Christ is what it is because we've been restored by God, not because by what we have done. And Paul's perspective was once you grasped that fact, we, couldn't, we can freely enjoy the freedom which Jesus has called us to live. And so what if I told you this morning that you have the same freedom that Paul was proclaiming to the Galatians? What if I told you this morning that you were free? For freedom, Christ has set you free. You. Exactly you. But so often we think of our faith in the way that the Judaizers wanted the Galatians to think of their faith. So often we think to ourselves, yeah, freedom in Christ is great, but in order to truly follow Jesus, dot, dot, dot. I can't tell you how many conversations or situations that I have been in where someone says and does something and then realizes I'm there and they say, Ooh, I can't believe I did that in front of a pastor. Pastors do things too. I can't tell you how many conversations or actually lectures I've been a part of that go something along the lines of you can't be a real Christian unless you read XYZ translation of the Bible. You can't be a real Christian if you go to XYZ denomination. Or picture this, you read a book from an author. And that book really guides you in your faith and teaches you something new and really shakes you up and brings you to a deeper, deeper level of devotion to Jesus Christ. And you're super excited and you share that with a friend and they say, Ugh, you read that from him? He's barely a Christian. We do it, don't we? We do it, don't we? But the external rules are nothing in compared to the internal pressure that we put on ourselves. 
I could be a true Christian if I could pray hard enough. I could be a real Christian if I read enough of the Bible. I could be a real Christian if I believed passionately enough in these moments. There's a reason why we do it. Researcher and speaker Brene Brown says that we do this because we are skeptical of good news. That somewhere in our wonderful brains, we believe that good news can't possibly be for us. And so what we do is we rehearse negative experiences. We don't think that we can possibly be set as free in Jesus as we actually are. We somehow believe in the back of our minds that when we get to the pearly gates, there's going to be some kind of cosmic bait and switch. And so we submit to a yoke of slavery just to be sure. But the truth remains. This freedom in Jesus is for you. In Christ, in his resurrection, you are set free Jesus' resurrection set you free to live life in his name and enjoy his love and know his goodness. A few weeks ago at Men's Bible Study, we were talking about the book of Romans. and We were talking about the difference between following Jesus and following the law. And Bob Schultz shared a story of his time when he was dating Margaret and they were a part of the First Baptist Church of St. Angelo, Texas. One morning, their youth pastor was giving the sermon, a youth pastor named Kyle Lord. And Kyle said, fall in love with Jesus and then do whatever you want. I hate when pastors think of things before I do. Fall in love with Jesus and then do whatever you want. And Bob admitted to us that when he first heard it, he didn't really care for that statement. Thought it was maybe a little bit flippant and hard to understand and hard to swallow. But the more he thought of it, the more he liked it. And actually came to appreciate it so much so that he shared it with us and gave me permission to share that story. I can think of no greater definition of what we're talking about than this. Fall in love with Jesus and then do whatever you want. The order is important. Fall in love with Jesus and then do whatever you want. But this is what it means to live a Christian life. You have a freedom in Jesus to do exactly this. Our lives are not forced answer tests with only one correct answer to one correct situation. We don't have to pick our response to something that happens in our life from a predetermined word bank. Life is way too crazy for true or false. Our lives and our lives of faith are one wide open blue book. Lined paper, blank lined paper, just waiting for us to fill it. And so, friends in Christ, go forth in your life. Go forth in Jesus' name and explore. And know in the spirit of the greatest joy that Jesus goes with you every step of the way. 1,346 words. Would you pray with me? Loving Jesus, we give you thanks for the reality of our lives that we have been set free in your name. Help us to take a look at what we're doing 
and see where we're submitting to a yoke of slavery once again and challenge us to walk in your freedom and challenge us to walk in your way. Your love for us is great enough that we are free. Let us live in the light of that reality all of our days. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.